Welcome to Catch Outdoors, episode number six. The title of this one is called Boat Shows Are Dangerous. You'll find out why in a little bit here. I'm your host, Captain Rob Modis. Thank you for joining me. Before we jump into today's episode, let me run by a few things you should know. Contacting me can be done via email at catchyoutdoors at gmail.com. The website, catchyoutdoors.com. You'll also find episodes, upcoming episodes, things like that at that address at catchyoutdoors.com. And lastly, we got a Facebook page, Catch you Outdoors. A quick update and a bit of news, my first book, What I Know About Fishing Southwest Florida, which was released last November, is selling pretty well. Actually, it's selling very well. However, all the printed copies have been sold unless I decide to do a reprint. I'm thinking I might do that, and it might be necessary if I do on-site book signings, but for right now, I'm out. It is available, however, on Amazon Kindle, so you can go straight to Amazon Kindle, do a search for what I know about fishing Southwest Florida, and bingo, you got it. My second book, Bridge to Paradise, is now available. You can purchase signed editions at catchoutdoors.com. You'll also be available to order them online at Amazon Kindle here shortly. But it takes about two weeks from release date. Release was just about a week ago. But if you'd like an autograph or a signed copy or both, go to catchoutdoors.com, page four. You'll see Bridge to Paradise, the title of the book there, and grab you a copy right there. I'll get it out to you as quickly as possible. Boat shows are dangerous. They can be. You better have a wallet. Charge card, financing. <laughs> That's what I mean by dangerous. You know, I, I'm one of those folks that just absolutely, I've said this before, I've I said it on the radio many times. I love the smell of fresh fiberglass. I really do. It's, uh, and I think most boaters that have stepped in a brand new boat and lift the hatch up anywhere on the boat, they get a whiff of that brand new fiberglass smell, and it's like, oh man, this is this is a brand new boat. I might, I might have to spend a little money. And that's how boat shows are. Boat shows are loaded with fresh fiberglass. I was fortunate to get to go to the world's largest in-water boat show. Um, the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show was here this past weekend. Actually, it was here. It started on Wednesday and ran all the way through Sunday. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to attend a couple of events, actually. Uh, the first thing I headed out to was the um, the kickoff party, which was held at the Super Yacht Village. There's a reason for that name <laughs> on Wednesday night. It was a great event. It really was. It was a, a chance for those of us in media to meet uh, the people that put on the show, uh, a lot of the big sponsors of the show, things like that. And and it was it was quite a it was a, it was a great event. It really was. Um, lots of uh, yummy things to eat and yummy things to drink <laughs> and music and presentations by the folks that actually helped put this show together. It was also a really good sign of, of what I like to call normal, not the new normal, normal, <laughs> the way it was before all hell broke loose during a pandemic. So it was, it was kind of nice to see that big party, lots of people um, represented from all over the world, quite frankly, because this is an international boat show, which means people come in from everywhere, especially the big yacht shoppers. Um, you know, while I was roaming, I'll get to this in a minute, but Saturday, you know, I was seeing, I was seeing yachts that were well into the 50, 60, hundred million dollars, that kind of stuff. 
Um, a low price yacht was four or five million, six million dollars. Um, so you have to imagine this is the clientele that comes, and that is specifically why they're here. They are looking for hardware, big hardware. A lot of them had helicopters on the back of them. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nuts, but it was fun. Uh, the Fort Lauderdale actually shares uh, a title. I call it the esteemed title of the yachting capital of the world. They share it with Bermuda. Bermuda happens to be also a, a real hub for gigantic yachts. And uh, it was great to meet the Bermudians. Is that Bermudans? Bermudians. Hmm, I have to look that one up. They were at the party. And let me tell you what, they have a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, they have so much fun that Janelle and I have decided that Bermuda has to be on the list. Neither one of us has been. I really, really want to go. I want to kind of see what what that's all about. Um, But yeah, great people. Great people. Ton of fun to party with. Special thanks to the gals at the Tito's Vodka Booth. Y'all made a great muddled blueberry martini. I got to tell you what. So there was that too. Stepping outside, you'd see the gigantic yachts. I mean, it's after all, it's called the Super Yacht Village, right? What would you expect? Giant yachts. Um, gosh, there was a sailing yacht. I'm not sure if it's like 300 feet at least. Um and others, of course, were parked right outside. One of the one of them that was amazing was James. James <laughs> how can I, James Bondish? Um, it was uh, Battleship Gray. It's called the Bold. It was probably it's the largest yacht I've ever walked around or, or have ever seen. Quite honestly, up close, um, it was truly amazing. Um, and there was that atmosphere there. They also, I mean, they had they had exotic cars. They had all kinds of stuff at this party. So. Again, fun to be at, fun to see things uh, happening again in the Fort Lauderdale area and seeing Fort Lauderdale shine. Um, this is a really great city, and I very much enjoy living here. And it was great to, to show it off to the world, to international visitors who all looked like they were having a really great time on Wednesday evening. And, and as I met more and more in the days to come as the weekend uh, went by, the same feeling was there, that these people were really, really enjoying their time in the Fort Lauderdale area. Okay, let's get into the fun stuff. The The boat show itself takes place, the, the Fort Lauderdale boat show takes place in three basic locations, three basic, right, three big locations. Um, the one I, I know the most about and, and have spent time in the past there is at, a, at the Bahia Mar uh, Marina, which, by the way, is one of the most beautiful marinas you've ever been in. Um, that's located right across from the Atlantic Ocean and Fort Lauderdale Beach. So in other words, if you're down on the south end of the beach, you can walk across and go right into Bahia Mar. And by the way, most of it's open to the public. If you're if you're down in the Fort Lauderdale area uh, at any other time other than the boat show, you can simply walk across. There's a there's an overhead crosswalk that comes across or you can walk across the street and you're allowed to walk some of the docks, not all of them, but you're allowed to walk the docks and, and gawk at the yachts, which I find a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Um, for the boat show, that is the, that's one of the central areas for the in-water boats. That, that is a, I mean, that is kind of, I call it the hub. And also located in that general area, but just a little bit further south, are the vendors. And these are all the presenters of product. There are tents. Uh, there are docks. There's all kinds of things set up so that everything from electronics to doodads and parts and pieces and toys and everything that you'd ever want to use on a boat and especially on a yacht are located there. Um, it's, it's, I use the word amazing a lot. 
it's amazing. That's all there is to it. Um, and it's really, really big. I mean, the, the, it, it's an enormous area. I mean, I walked my legs off uh, on Saturday. So you've got the boat show uh, central located at Bahia Mar. And then as you go a little south, you've got the tent area. And then you also have the um, convention center. And to get around, you can get yourself, you can prepay for a water taxi ticket. And what this is, we've, we've had this here for a long time. When Janelle and I lived here back in the 90s, the water taxi, I believe it first appeared about that time. Um, what it is, is there's so much water here. They, they call the area Little Venice. There, there's water everywhere and there's canals everywhere. So this service was put together so that you could park a car in a central or out on outer edge parking lot and get on a boat. It's, it's a, it's a covered canopy people mover. <laughs> it's a little, it's a bus. It's a bus on the water and the water taxi will take you to a lot of different locations. There's drop-offs all over the place. And this, not just during the boat show. Now the water taxi runs all the time. Um, they even have late night excursions that run out to some of the more favorite beach bars and things. As a matter of fact, Margaritaville's got um, a, is a destination. You can take a water taxi to the Margaritaville Resort, and so they uh, supplied water uh, transportation, which is a big, big help. Now, at times it was crowded. At times there were lines that you have to wait. You kind of have to time things and be a little understanding because. The boat show, as I said before, is really big, so it attracts thousands and thousands of people. This is not your typical, it's not a small boat show. It's a really big boat show. Um, but being able to go between the different locations is really important, and you do not want to drive if you can possibly avoid it. There are also shuttle buses available. If you don't want to travel by water and you, and you want to do it by a bus, you can take shuttle buses to go from place to place during these shows. Out at the convention center, that particular area was boat upon boat upon boat. There are a lot of different boats there. Everything from, it's not the biggest boats, but there are really some really nice, you know, 40, 45 footers that have got quads and six engines on the back, outboard engines on the outboard motors on the back. Uh, so there is that. And dozens and dozens of manufacturers. I was fortunate enough to run into an old friend, Ray John. Uh, Ray John uh, runs fishtail boats out of Fort Myers, and uh, they are one of the largest Grady White dealers in the U.S. And he, they had their full display of Grady Whites there. And it was really cool. I, I walk into the show and there he is. He says, hello. I say, hello. We had a nice conversation. He was very complimentary, by the way, of the, um, of the location of the convention center. The convention center is being remodeled. So technically a big chunk of it is closed, but they were able to get the uh, display hall finished for the boat show. And it is You'd have to see it to believe it. It's really beautiful. And Ray John went on and on about how cool it was. He really, really liked it. And I, I you know, I got I to gotta say, yeah, he's right. Uh, so they had a nice big center spot showing off their Grady Whites. Um, coming soon, there will be another wing of the convention center added on. Uh, it will suddenly become one of the largest in the state. And there's also going to be a great big, uh, I believe it's an Omni Hotel, is going to be added on to that too. So you'll have a place to stay and just go right into any of the shows that are held at the at the center. And, of course, there'll be concerts and all kinds of fun stuff. It's also located right at the uh, dock and pier area uh, for Port Everglades, and that's where the cruise ships leave from. So, as a matter of fact, I saw at least six ships, um, six cruise ships, uh, in the process of loading, unloading, and getting ready to do their cruises. They, they generally, it, it depends on the port schedules and stuff like that, but they generally are loading up. Uh, for Sunday departures, uh, 
and uh, they'll return on the weekend or they'll leave on a Friday. If it's a three-day cruise, they'll leave on Friday and return on Sunday. So they were, <laughs> there were a lot of cruise ships there. Um, so it was kind of fun. It was all part of the atmosphere. I, I enjoy watching the people that have never been in a port city before, uh, especially those on the water taxi. And you could overhear the conversations of, you know, I had no idea a cruise ship is that big, that kind of stuff. And Port Everglades is really something to see. Uh, even, again, if you're not boat showing and you're just visiting Fort Lauderdale, you really ought to make a trip down to the port and check out what's going on. It, it's uh, it's eye-opening, really eye-opening. There's one thing I really want to make sure to mention uh, that I enjoyed quite a bit at the show, and that was the VIP experience at the Windjammer Club. Um, I mentioned this thing is big, really big, uh, walking. Let's see. I did, I did five miles. That's not, that's not including the boat rides. <laughs> so just the, just the pedestrian part was five miles, a little over five miles of walking to do the whole show on Saturday. Um, there's a place there called is, well, it's, it's a VIP experience at the wind jammers club. It's the wind jammers club. It's lo located at the B uh, Bahia Mar Marina, which I've mentioned a little bit ago. Tickets aren't cheap. They're 300 bucks um, per person. However, you get free booze, and I'm talking a bar, not, not the giveaway stuff. And you also get some of the most delicious food, chef-prepared food. Not, <laughs> yeah, not the stuff, you know, wrapped in, in aluminum foil. <laughs> this was, it was really impressive. I would recommend it. The only problem is, believe it, I mean, it sounds like it's expensive. It sells out almost immediately. When the boat show starts, they have very limited space for the VIP. So if you're interested in coming over next year for the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show and you're buying your tickets and you see a little thing on there that says the VIP experience, if you're planning on walking a lot or you're going to do two days, you might really want to consider um, uh, buying tickets for that thing. I liked it. It was nice to be able to sit down and be comfortable, have something delicious to eat, have a drink, and then go right back out to your to your uh, searching for that dream boat. Boat shows are they're held all over Florida, everywhere. If there's a city, large or small in Florida, there's a good chance they're holding a boat show. I remember going to a show in Clearwater. I remember going to a couple of boat shows in Clearwater. Um, sometimes they're inside, outside, uh, most are held on land. So in other words, they don't do on water presentations, uh, like in Fort Lauderdale. There are also a few big ones, Miami international boat show. That's another big one. Um, we just happen to have more in water boats in Fort Lauderdale than they do. My, don't get me wrong. The Miami boat show is also gigantic. And then just North of us in Palm beach County, that one's coming up here shortly. Uh, the Palm beach County boat show is also something to see. Um, on the West Coast, though, like the Clearwater, there's the Fort Myers. I lived in Fort Myers. The Fort Myers boat show was really, really good. There's also a Cape Coral. Uh, both of those are primarily land-based, um, which means they're good. the boats are going to be presented on trailers and stuff like that for you to look at. But it's important. What I want to note here is that it's they're different. For example, Fort Lauderdale is, quote, the yachting capital of the world, or it shares it with Bermuda, um, which means people expect gigantic impressive yachts here and, and believe you me we have them not just during boat shows they're here all the time um, it's a hub it's a place where a lot of the yachty people stop and that's you know they come in here for provisioning things like that before they go onto the caribbean and vice versa when things get hot and nasty in the in the caribbean waters they move up north in these in these beautiful yachts um, if you're on the west coast for example i'll use fort myers because i'm most familiar with it that boat show is geared toward 
those folks like myself over there who like to uh, recreate in Pine Island Sound in Estero Bay in the near Gulf waters. So you don't see a lot of gigantic boats over there. You see some nice boats, things with triples on the back of them, stuff like that. But all in all, you're going to see the boats that are that are mostly used for um, fishing and for family and family fun and stuff like that. Uh, skiffs, flats boats, center consoles, um, pontoon boats, things like that. Um, and this varies everywhere you go. Um, Tampa's boat show is pretty large. And ha- again, has a there's a port in Tampa. So it has a, a large contingency of bigger boats coming there. So remember, last time I went to the Tampa boat show, that was years ago, they were pretty heavy on things like trawlers and traveling type boats, things that uh, uh, personal cruising boats, if you will. Um, so anyway, everywhere you go, you're going to find this. The primary time is wintertime. We do things a bit differently here in Florida. Um, we're not fond of venturing out and sweating to death in July and August. <laughs> when it starts, when it's, you know, we get to the end of summer, we just want it to be over. So we actually do everything outdoors in the winter when it's really nice. Um, your boat shows generally start taking place in October, November, December, January, February. You're, you're going to see boat shows all the way through the winter. And they are not the only thing we do in Florida during the winter. It's We do our fairs. We do our art shows, outdoor art shows, and outdoor um, flea market type stuff. Just anything where there's sales taking place outside, we gravitate toward outdoors. Um, Florida people are not indoor people, plain and simple. Uh, we are either beaching, fishing, golfing or going to outside events. And even when we dine, we tend to dine outside. We, we, we don't like to be cooped up unless it's July or August or September in the South. I, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that much. We also do winter baseball here. Um, the baseball is happening right now. Atlanta's got a lead. <laughs> I thought they were going to win it all last night. Yes, I was up late watching. Uh, but uh, Houston, man, came back like troopers. Um, so the, the uh, World Series now is 3-2 Atlanta, and it goes back out to Texas on uh, Tuesday, tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm not a huge, huge baseball fan, but I love watching the World Series. I really do. And something about Fort Myers that was interesting is a thing called spring training. It happens all over the state of Florida because, as I've mentioned, Florida is nice in the wintertime. So when the ball games are over, the big, the big, the real ball game, the World Series, uh, the guys take a break and then they come back for spring training. And that usually happens in most areas around March. Um, so, again, it's it's geared toward that that uh, that beautiful weather that we have here while it's still very, very cold where a lot of these teams come from. Um, so that reverse thing is. When you live in Florida, it's very normal, but for some people, it's like, how, how, do, you, how do you deal with this? Um, we stay outside. I mean, today was the first day. I was out cruising in my Jeep this morning, running some errands before I uh, recorded this podcast, and today was the first day I popped the top on the Jeep. Uh, we A gorgeous morning. It was about 68, 69 degrees this morning. High today is supposed to be 81. Uh, just, you know... That is winter. That we we look we look so forward to this time uh, when it gets really nice outside. And guess what else happens that Rob likes to do a lot? Fish and fishing turns on when the water temperatures change. When that water temperature starts to drop a little bit, and those first fronts come through through South Florida, 
that's when the bite happens. So we get pretty excited about this, this whole thing. There's something I almost forgot to mention. I got to stick it in here right now so I won't forget. Well, I've already forgotten. <laughs> so let's do it right now. The Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show, there is a television show of the boat show, which happens every year. It's recorded by NBC Sports. Um, they basically spend days doing the entire show. And then on Sunday evening, which was last night, Sunday night at 10 p.m., they'll present it on NBC Sports. Now, don't don't fret. Don't fear. You can go back and watch it. Um, if you can't pick it up off of NBC Sports, they they put it up on YouTube. And what's really cool about this show is they put them all, they put the previous ones up too. So if you want to get an idea of how insane this show, this show really is, um, there's nothing better. As a matter of fact, my wife Janelle was part of the team that was uh, uh, escorting NBC around for taping and stuff like that. And she said, this one's, this one, we didn't, I didn't see it last night. I was watching baseball. Uh, it's supposed to be really, really good. So keep in mind, NBC sports, Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show. It's usually noted as FLIBS, F-L-I-B-S is how you'll see it sometimes. Uh, or put in the full name and do a search on it on YouTube and you should be able to find the show. It should be available. Let's see, what did I see that intrigued me most? Boy, that's hard to... Um, well, I'm a kayaker now and I did see the uh, all the new Hobie stuff. Uh, boy, they had a really good looking Hobie Outback. Um, it's not, they didn't change it that much. The Outback that I saw is more glitz and glamour than uh, radical changes. It's, the, it's, the accessories on it were the same things that I have. But it was fascinating because they have, they've done a lot of color adaptation on it. Um, they've made them, they're glitzy looking. <laughs> That's all I can say. They look really cool. I did see the new Lynx. By Hobie, which is really great. Uh, Hobie, Hobie decided to make a lightweight kayak. Now, at first they were all kind of like, uh, you know, it's just a paddleboard with pedals on it. No, not really. I, I got a really good look at it. I mean, I've seen enough stuff on um, on YouTube and on on Instagram and Facebook uh, postings by people, but it, it's always nice to stand there and touch something, and uh, it really looked great. Um, it is a it's a kayak like a paddleboard, but it has a seat on it like the um, the Hobie Outbacks do. And, of course, it has the pedal uh, configuration. It's light. The, the whole idea is that the chief complaint about most fishing kayaks is their weight. And you have to lug them around and get them in the water and then lug them out of the water. In my case, you know, I'm getting old. My back ain't all that great. Um, so it, it's a bit of a chore for me to get that done. The Lynx takes care of that problem. Now, it is not a fishing machine. However, it can easily be fished from. So it is a nice crossover. So if you're interested in getting into the Hobie pedal, um, uh, you might want to check it out. The uh, price is also a bit less than the, uh, than the Hobie Outback. I got a real good look at the Everglades uh, fishing boat center consoles. I, I've, I've all, I have long been a fan. Um, I remember my first look at Everglades years ago uh, when they first came out. And the thing that impressed me most was... Uh, the quality in manufacturing and the quality in wiring, the way that they were wired. Um, it's, it's, an unusual, it's an unusual boat in the fact that wiring is accessible and easy to get to. And that's something that I started to see in a lot of boats that I looked at on Saturday. Um, gone are the days when you have to stand on your head and try to get an arm, a screwdriver, and half of another arm in a space to repair something like a, a, a live well pump which is highly annoying. And a lot of boats were just set up that way. They were not, they were set up 
by a manufacturer, but not by somebody who actually uses the boat. And you find out when you need to change something, it's really hard to get, get to. I just, I mean, I love it when a boat manufacturer puts a fuel tank on board and then seals it. Literally, you can't get to it. You got to cut the deck to get to it. They've made a lot of headway with boat manufacturing. They, and I, I don't want to say they've started to learn, but they've certainly got a lot better than they were. So the Everglades were really nice. They had a gorgeous 26-footer. Um, there were other boats out there, too, that really, really got my fancy. Um, I, I think what kind of blew me away the most is the pricing on boats. Boats have gotten expensive. Well, they were expensive. Now they've gotten more expensive. And something else you need to know about boats if you're interested in jumping into this, um, there is a long, long line uh, in front of you wanting to get certain boats and certain products. I heard from a friend that the Mercury motors, a great many Mercury motors now are at 52 weeks on back order. I believe the same is happening with Yamaha. So it's important. If you're really serious about this, you want to jump on it. Now, now then again, that's for special orders. So, you know, if there's a pre-configured boat and it's ready to go and you can get it, then by all means, get it. There were a lot of fun things. Um, <laughs> one in particular that really caught my eye was uh, the Docktail Boat table caddy. Um, I stopped and talked to this gentleman. He, he got this idea. He's like, you know, people go on boats and then when they get back to the dock, they want to sit back and they want to have a cocktail and they want to relax at the dock and, you know, basically just lay back. And there's no good way to do that other than putting stuff on top of a cooler, for example. Uh, no shelf space, no counter space, I guess I should say. So he came up with this idea uh, called the docktail. And what it is, it's basically a table designed to hold um, drinks, ice, glass, uh, hors d'oeuvres, things like that, that actually sits on the boat in an existing mount. So in other words, it can sit like in a rod holder mount. It also comes with suction mounts where it can be suction mounted. Um, I, I just, I looked at it and thought, what a great idea. Um, because most of us at boat always, you know, you, you find yourself putting your drinks down on the dock or you wind up sitting on the dock itself when it'd be much more comfortable to sit on the boat, uh, while you're enjoying libations after you spent the day out on the water. Um, another thing I saw was an accessory from a company called Sea Sucker. Now, of course that caught my eye. I'm like, what, what it is, it's actually the suction mounts and they sell all kinds of suction mounts for the boats. Now, what I mean by that is things that would hold cups, rods, most anything you can think of um, is falls off, uh, rolls away, whatever the case may be. And most boats only come with a limited number of cup holders. So guess what happens? Everybody puts all their little stuff in the cup holder. Um, they had these suction devices of every kind you could possibly imagine that stick onto the boat. They can stick onto the outside of the boat, on the gel coat. They can stick inside anything that's got a smooth surface. You put it on, and then it's got a suction thing on it. Basically, it's a lever you pull, which sucks all the air out of it. So <laughs> you can damn near stand on these things, and they won't come off. The cool thing about it is they're manufactured in a way that protects the gel coat. That was the, that was the one thing I was asking about. Is like, is this thing a problem? Are you going to wind up having to refinish gel coat? Are you going to have to re polish, things like that. Nope. They did a demonstration for me and you don't have to do that. So if you're looking for a way to attach things to the boat without having to drill holes in it, uh, you want to, you want to check this out again. That was called, uh, sea sucker in the world of electronics. Oh my gosh. You've never seen so much stuff. <laughs> you know, I thought it was crazy. 
I don't know, a year ago. It's crazier now. Um, I, probably the neatest thing of all, the contour mapping um, uh, GPS slash depth finders. So basically they're all in one. Everybody's got one. The one I looked at the most was the Garmin. I'm a big Garmin fan, always have been. Um, not, I'm not saying that the other stuff out there is not good. It is. It's really good. But I've just found that Garmin has the most intuitive um, menu system of all of the um, products that go into boats, whether they're, whether they're fishing boats all the way up to uh, yachts. Um, new touchscreen, of course, is huge. But what I really liked about the mapping systems are they, they now are doing more and more with contour mapping. And what that means is if you looked at an old chart, the chart will show you the depth, the general depth of a body of water you're sitting in. Now, if it's a bay, it might say one foot, two foot all the way across the thing. And that's all it tells you. You know not to go there if the boat draws more than two feet of water. That's pretty much it. But what they're doing now is they're doing satellite contouring from users. So basically the user of the boat can elect to turn this on or not. And as their transducer runs over the bottom, the transducer is the thing that, that, ref, that is radar, reflects off the bottom and reads the bottom. As it reads the bottom, it is saved to a chip in the depth finder. And slowly but surely, as you return over and over to a certain area or you move around an area, it starts to draw the contours. So instead of just a channel that says seven feet, you will see all the edges of the channel, the seven, six, five, four, three, as you come out of the channel. And it's drawn by little lines on the chart. And it's really, really very, very helpful, especially for those of us like myself who like to boat in shallow water areas and backcountry areas and, and small creeks and things like that. As time is spent on the water, and not only from you, but by other people, um, this information is uploaded into a central database that you can use for charting. You can bring it down for charting. Now, there are, are places that aren't going to have this. Because you're going to have boaters that go into their super secret spot and they're not about to turn that thing on. But then again, there are others who really don't care. They, they like to just cruise, so they're going to turn it on and you're going to get a really good reading of what the bottom looks like. For those of us that like to fish, that's crazy important because you get to see the delineations of bottom where you might find fish at a low tide versus high tide and, and things like that. There was an also an amazing amount of weather radar, which is very helpful. This is all satellite driven uh, with subscriptions. Um, I saw the, uh, obviously phone services and, and uh, um, uh, serious satellite uh, type stuff for boats, music, things like that. Uh, the electronics are just, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. Um, they've even gone so far as to dock it yourself, stuff like automobiles have for parking. I saw one that's hooked up to um, I guess it's a sensing device. It would have to be off the boat. And then uh, bow thrusters and things like that will help you dock the boat, help you range the dock, and also adjust for current and wind. So <laughs> it's getting easier and easier to be a boater out there. So now's the time to go shopping. Now's the time to go look for a new boat or a used boat. Now's the time to go to a show, especially in your area, to see what's out there and see what's available. One thing I've noticed about Floridians that we really need to fix, folks, you've got a lot of places you can go visit by boat, and there are an awful lot of people in Florida that don't use a boat, which I'm always amazed at. It's like, it's like living next to a beach and not going to the beach. Same sort of thing. 
Take advantage of what we have out there. Take advantage of that, of getting out on the water. You know, it is the number one place to get away from everyone if you really want to. If you want to crowd up on a sandbar, you want to party, that's fine. But if you really want to get away, there is no better, better way than on a boat. Thank you so much for listening. Without listeners like you, I wouldn't have a podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend. You can reach me via email, catchyoutdoors at gmail.com. Questions and suggestions are more than welcome. Catch you Outdoors hosted by Anchor, available via Spotify. Our Facebook page is Catch you Outdoors. The website is catchyoutdoors.com. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy. Enjoy.